Welcome to SaaS Unlocked. Today, I have Anthony on the show. Uh, Anthony is a co-founder and chief revenue officer at Lupin. Lupin is like AI platform uh, that enables uh, uh, managers with like, you know, increased in performance, uh, retaining great talent. Uh, I'll let Anthony explain a bit more in detail. Uh, but uh, before we start, Anthony, we would like to know your backstory and your journey as an entrepreneur and how you like, you know, came up with this idea of Lupin. Yeah, sure. First and foremost, Prasik, thanks very much for having me on today. It's an absolute pleasure. And so, yeah, journey really started. It's, it's kind of an evolution of a multitude of different things. And, you know, my journey really started when I was in the Marines. You know, I did 10 years in the Marines, uh, high performance, high trust uh, culture or high trust, high performance culture. And uh, loved every minute of it. thought it was a great, great, had a great, great time. And the only reason I left is because I was medically discharged around about 2017 and not really knowing what I wanted to do. I kind of just picked up all of the typical courses that you would do, do project management, risk management, change management, and all of those types of things which you're supposed to do because that's what military people do. They leave this and they go into that. So and of course, you know, it was it was fine. And, and I did those courses and actually ended up not getting a job for about six, seven months and then found myself in a management consultancy position, which was which is great, really sort of part of this, you know, high performing sort of six six person team sent in to work in the project management office and 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 try to disrupt and and get things moving really. And it was quite quite high pace, quite quite good uh, intensity to it. and you know fantastic, really really enjoyed that experience and and I suppose in many ways set me up for a, a lot of what I'm doing today. So I did management consultancy for about two years. I then created a my own company, which was a little coaching and coaching company back then, and I had about half a half a client uh, until I met until I met Ben Ben, who's now my business partner, and we actually met on LinkedIn uh, about 2017, early 2017, late 2017, and then got started about 2018 or so, and and we kind of just put both of our heads together you know we came we've come from a, a similar organization we share similar values mm -hmm. we you know like the idea of, of joining up and seeing what we can go and do and, and and we got started with this coaching and consulting company and quite rapidly we found ourselves working alongside Manchester United Wasp rugby team HSBC Facebook VW a whole host of household brands and doing quite well within our first sort of 18 months and then obviously 2020 came along and brought with it the the pandemic in case nobody's aware of that uh and it kind of really it set us back but also gave us the catalyst for doing what we're doing now and you know we're three years in pretty much uh with lupin mm -hmm. and really what we had noticed as as being a major problem in in the organizations that we worked with was that there was a significant issue when it came to data capture. So particularly when it came to people, you know, mm -hmm. all they did was engagement surveys and basing, you know, strategies based off engagement surveys, six to nine months older, thus having a real issue when it came to, to la a lagging indicator. It was a lagging indicator. It wasn't really uh, a best um, 
place to be able to figure out what's happening in the now. So we saw an opportunity that if we can capture regular enough data, mm-hmm. perhaps we might be able to support businesses by giving them a leading indicator, focusing on a very operational uh, or op- operationally focused output, as in what's happening, where do you need to have the effect and when do you need to have the effect? And that's what we've went out to to go and try and conquer. I'm, I'm looking at your site and I would love to know why managers love looping. If you can just share like in brief, um, because at the end of the day, the pain point that you're trying to solve is so important. Uh, being a manager, uh, managing like team of people, it requires a lot of back and forth, building trust, making sure that everything is in check. So maybe if you can share why why managers love looping. So, so managers absolutely. It, 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 those are the people that we're really trying to support here. Those are the people that are at the forefront. You know, knows the grindstone, trying to make the thing that they're doing a success. Particularly when it comes to the team, and they are often the the person who is is charged with that responsibility of making it a success, or you know, ultimately not making it a success. And so, managers, where we really try to support them is by giving them something that is useful data that is useful as opposed to just going here's the data go do something with it we present it in a very readable format we present interventions and suggestions based off that data so from the single inputs that the rest of the team are getting mm-hmm. we'll then drive actions notifications back to the to the manager to, to in effect create the, this this high priority task list and there may not be any priorities, and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. But it's spotting when when there is a an emerging priority that needs to be sort of dealt with in the now, as opposed to I'll deal with that in one week or two weeks' time, or I'm, or I'll never see it until it's too late. And then I'm basically getting a slip across the table, which says I don't want to work here anymore um, because I'm fed up. And there's there's a, there's a real sort of psychological element element to that too, which which we can talk about a bit later as well. But fundamentally, it's about giving managers that that quick, viewable dashboard, what's happening in the team, where do I need to have the effect, um, without spending loads of time trying to go through analysis and inputting the data. That's the one of the key things which we've done pretty well is keep the input very low, 10 to 12 seconds maximum for the day. Building a product like this is like so challenging. And uh, a lot of customer <laughs> feedback uh making sure your product market fit and the challenges that you face like you know bringing this product to the market if you would like to share that we i think one of the biggest things which is completely underestimated in in from a founder's perspective from ceo's perspective from anyone's perspective in in sort of running a company is timing timing is absolutely everything mm-hmm. So had we have brought this out five years ago, I, it would. It, there's no way I think it would have got traction like it has. Even even when we first launched this, we were struggling with traction, mm-hmm. kind of. And I say kind of because what we're doing now, I don't think would have been pertinent to, to maybe three years ago. A lot of it was around well-being. A lot of it was around welfare, mm-hmm. and that was really what. Well, that is really one of the benefits. I suppose sub benefits of of looping is it's identifying and being that early warning system for any sort of negative negative trend. Bringing it to market though 
has been the most unique challenge. I think it's the hardest challenge as a founder to actually get what you've built and then take it to market and go, I know that people are going to love it and they're going to love it for these reasons. And you're absolutely right. We've had to listen to so much customer feedback. Mm -hmm. Obviously give it appropriate weighting to make sure that we're not just building for a single customer because that obviously is, you know, no use to to the wider, but just making sure that we're getting, you know, that quality data, uh, quality feedback back in. Mm-hmm. And I think that the most crucial thing to do, and this is obvious as I, as I say it, but right, really knowing your message, really understanding your go-to-market, mm-hmm. that has to be your number one job as a founder. Like there isn't a much more of an important job as a founder, I would say. I mean, you know, fundraising and making sure the business runs, those are kind of all the things that you have to do. Yeah. But GTM is 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 your thing. You need to know what problem you're solving. You need to know how people are going to engage with it. And uh pretty, be, be pretty bold with that as as well, I think is key, but not not too bold that you don't listen. Like so, it's fine balance. So since you have started uh, solving uh, this problem statement and like, you know, facing the challenges of messaging and like, you know, fine tuning it and making it correct, how do you see that this product has evolved since it's launched? It, it's it's evolved drastically. You know, we started off as a, as a basic check-in. And the, and the reason we started off as a basic check-in, and I talked talk very briefly about this welfare piece to begin with so back in 2019 ben and i were at four funerals together and you know these are these are all friends that we worked alongside with some time ago and i think one particular one chris who unfortunately took his own life um in 2019 uh, along with the rest of them 10 years earlier i was i was in afghanistan with him going through the same doors and you know kind of 10 years later he calls it a day and 10 years later i'm more excited than ever what took place in that time surely there were were some early warnings to identify that this this is we're not on the right track here yeah. and we kind of took that experience and placed that into lupin is it's not about a checkup it's it's the checking in we're doing this we're checking in looking for those early um warnings you know flags or whatever it might be to identify where there might be a problem occurring and that's how we basically started we were like let's just do a check-in let's just try to understand people let's get people understanding one another because we know from our our past in the in the marines particularly that having that awareness to the person to the left and to the right of you that's that's about building trust that's about building team awareness and team resilience and so and so we started with a really ugly baby like quite frankly it was it was it was gross but it but it served a purpose it served a very basic purpose then you listen to more customer feedback and you iterate and you iterate Mm -hmm. and then of course we last year started to implement ai into the system and then some more ai because of obviously chat gpt which you know everyone i mean everyone knows about that right i would imagine most people know about that and like you know building this podcast uh, questionnaires or writing an email to potential prospect we use it every day now definitely it has evolved significantly and i think and i think like this this i, I read a really interesting book not maybe a year and a bit ago it's called um the future is faster than you think. 
Mm-hmm. And I've always loved this idea of being able to converge technologies. So this convergence of technologies, you know, people are building this great technology out here, people are building this great technology over here. And then the blend of those, what can you go and create with the blend of those technologies? And I think like that, that is the, that is the, um, really exciting bit about where we've managed to take this to when it came when it comes to the ai element um of being able to direct really relevant content back to back to the manager back to the user and the advancements in the in in the actual platform itself have been incredible we've built a lot of features some are used more than others uh, and some uh, not so not so used and we've kind of taken those ones out replaced them refined it and made sure that we're doubling down on the um on the ones that are being used well uh, so it's been a while that you launched this product and you are quite successful in terms of what you're doing right and i'm sure like you know during your journey there are a lot of things that has contributed to your success so what are the key factors that you think that has led you to the success of Lupin? Uh, not giving up. Definitely. It's, it's really hard. Like the first year, most of the founders give up on their ideas because there are a lot of, maybe the idea itself is not something that they were passionate about and they kind of, they don't feel that spark anymore or they don't get funding or they don't have the right team members. Uh, so not giving up is like one of the key factors. Yeah. Yeah. Because you face so much rejection, you know, there, there's two, there's two, I don't know this, but there's two, like of all the fears, the two most common fears in the world is fear of rejection and fear of failure. Those are like the biggest fears that everybody has. And like, those are the fears that you have to overcome to be a successful founder um, because it's ridiculous. And, you know, I remember when we were first going through our investment round, like the first time, I think we must have gone through 30, 40 angel investors. Mm-hmm. And we had people come back on a second call just to tell us how much they didn't like it when they, they kind of like led us down the garden path. They obviously have got plenty of plenty of time to sort of waste. And we didn't. And it was just it's just really insane. It's really hard. It's really tough. Like it's it's insane. So So sticking with it, I think you've got to find the right team. And I say the right team at the right time and this this goes back to my point about timing is we've hired not necessarily poor people i not at all just not the right person at the right time for the right things that need to be done in the business and that's that's on that's on me that's on ben for making those choices mm-hmm. and that's really hard to swallow when you have to turn around to that person sort of 12 months later and go look this isn't working out like this, we we haven't done you you know a service here um, because we hired you incorrectly. And I think like that's the that's the hardest thing. So hiring at the right time is is key. But then also you do hire some really fantastic people and and that's that's part of it as well. well um maybe I can add to the conversation here, uh, whether it may be a startup or whether it may be anything you're doing in life, right? So persistence is required, consistency is required. Um when I started my LinkedIn journey, like, you know, I decided to post for 1000 days. My first post took like almost seven hours for me to write. No one liked it, just one like, and it was my wife. So <laughs> if you see, you know, if I would have given up in like first 10, 50 days, I won't be reaching the the community that I've built today. So 
at least for first uh, six months, nothing happened. No post went viral. Nobody was caring that I was sharing, right? Similarly, it's with the product, right? The finding the first hundred customer is super challenging. And once you have that, you build that momentum and you build that confidence. Uh, and that will eventually give you success. So first, I would say three years are very, very important uh, to the journey uh, as anything you do in your uh, career. 100%. 100%. I'll just, I'll just bolt one one extra thing on that Absolutely. is make, making sure you've got some good people around you. You know, that was one of the things which, again, lesson lesson from the military, lesson from the Marines was surround yourself with excellence. Do surround yourself with excellence. Caution to the window. Make sure those people are of quality. And you won't know that until you go through it because it's it's one of the things as a, as a founder is is it's deafening. The noise is deafening as a founder. Like, I must listen to this. I must action that. I must listen to this. I must action that. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's not all true at all. So what advice, like, you know, uh, you would give any aspiring entrepreneur who is looking to build a similar product, not like in the same industry? Uh, I'm, I'm just talking like any product that they are trying to build. What are the things that they should consider? Well, I mean, we, we had already pre-identified our problem. Mm-hmm. So we'd spent two years working in that space, understanding that space. And, and I suppose in many ways, understanding high performance uh, you know, high performing teams because we were part of a high performing team for, you know, best part of 10 years. Mm-hmm. So really knowing your space and owning your space is super important. Mm-hmm. And th- that is probably one of the things which I think I, I see, I see a few other founders. They're just like, I'll, I'll go and like build dog treats or whatever. Now, sure. That might be successful. I, I mean, you see a lot on e-commerce, right? You see a lot of e- come and be an entrepreneur and come and do this thing. And mm-hmm. I think that gives a really bad impression as to actually people trying to build really quality companies, founders of really quality companies. It's not easy. Like if you, you might, you might go six months, you don't have a single customer. Yeah. Do you give up? No, because you know what you're going to bring to market is going to be game changing. And I think like there's plenty of times when, um, uh, you know, you kind of question yourself. I've questioned myself and gone, do I really know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, of course I am. Like I'm best placed to know what it's what what to talk about when it comes to high performing teams. Yeah, I do know what what I'm talking about. And I think so definitely knowing your space is 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 absolutely crucial. Um never underestimate the amount of work. Like estimate is going to be tons and tons of work, then estimate it by like five more five times more. And then, you know, have that have that patience as well to to see it through. Patience is is really underestimated because the whole world is going to tell you that you're getting it wrong, and it's kind of up to you to hold fast when everyone's blaming it on you. And you know, the reality is is that you're beginning to question yourself. Don't question yourself. And I think like if you've got a solid idea, if you've got a solid problem that you want to solve, just stick with that and try and you know remain humble not too humble that it becomes you know hum- you don't want humility to come across as timidity like that's never never good perfect um but i think that you know really believing in what you're doing is 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 the special source like everyone asks for it like that that is it that's the ingredient 
thank you for sharing that, uh, Anthony. Uh, there's one thing like, you know, happening in the industry right now with AI and automation uh, is being like a buzzword these days. Mm-hmm. What trends you've been seeing, like, you know, uh, in specifically like HR space uh, or like, you know, uh, high performing teams like product that are like Lupin or any other product that helps support managers in uh, making sure that team is delivering efficiently their pulses okay checking in with them what do you think that industry holds for next five years i i see i see one big thing changing one huge thing thing changing when you kind of just got to the understanding of what one part of it is but i think it's going to change very quickly mm-hmm. and that is that is the this drive towards building soft skills within people so for for so many years and, and we kind of predicted this really when some of the work when we had the coaching consulting company we had this four skills model right and we had the inner skill soft skill hard skill and professional skill mm-hmm. and we were talking about the different layers and if you only focus on the professional skill you you create this this inverted pyramid and you know professional skill at the top and actually when you go into the workplace you're quite unstable and it doesn't take much for you to push you over whereas if you build on your soft skills if you build on the inner skills your fundamentals your foundations you build a pyramid that is very robust and can take a lot yet this point is kind of big and extensive as well because you've got the levels uh you, you can build so much more on a solid base and so i think there's a really big push to to build up soft skills of which one of those key elements and and, and the corporate world will always do this i go we want more resilient people mm-hmm. we need more resilient people without really understanding what true resilience is and true resilience is knowing yourself and understanding yourself and being confident and being able to place yourself in um an organization or a team or whatever it might be, or yourself self is, is really, really key understanding yourself. And I think that particularly when it comes to what we're, we're doing with the learning and development arena, there's going to be a much, much bigger focus on, on building up individuals, building up teams, you know, with technology. Now, I do think there is the opportunity with, with AI, with what we're doing as well, there, there is a real opportunity to have that regularity, um, that cadence of self-training, which was never able, which was never possible before. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the the big thing is, you know, you can't you can't stick everybody through thirty-two weeks of Royal Marines training. I say this quite often when I'm in when I'm in pitches. I'm like, you can't set set people into thirty-two weeks of Royal Marines training. But what you can do is you can give them a kind of zero point one percent objective per day. And now now with AI, now with ChatGPT and so on and so forth, and and that convergence to technologies, we can actually start delivering that zero point one percent. Of skill skill development per day it's kind of like taking the duolingo effect mm-hmm. with uh, with learning well mm-hmm. you need to learn that also about yourself you know what's what's that classic um uh saying if you work harder on your job um you become better or if you work harder on your job something like that work work harder on yourself than you do on your job let me get that right you work harder on yourself than you do on your job um, you're going to be a more competent individual. It's kind of words to that effect. And I think like, I would love to see more of that as well. Um, Maybe I want to ask you like um, uh, something, let's say you're looking to build a team and you are hiring, right? What do you look in that talent? Like one or two main things that is like a check that uh, person needs to be in the team. Big one, 
big one is it's not around professional skill always uh yeah. it's around resilience it's around definitely around resilience you know you don't have to look very far for some research papers to show that those those individuals who have a higher resilience are something like 28 29% more likely to go on and overperform yeah than compared to things such as like humility and um critical thinking mm-hmm. so I don't particularly look for those skills you need somebody who's obviously technically skilled when you, when you when you've got like a business that we've got like software company mm-hmm. um but I definitely look for that for that inner you know how how far can you go what have you done before which shows that you you've got the grit and I think grit is like a really key word as well well uh thank you for sharing that that brings to our next uh round which is rapid fire round uh where we ask founders uh, uh five questions um and this is more on the entrepreneur or founder side of you or personal side of you so here's the first one name one other company and ceo that inspires you and why uh i think probably ryan peterson from flexport mm-hmm. because i mean he's not the not not the ceo anymore i think it's been a recent change but flexport for what it's trying to do is just like on another level of vision mm-hmm to be able to see that problem and go that's something that needs solving i mean it it doesn't sound overly exciting but excites i don't know why but it excites the hell out of me and i think like making those those kind of mega changes in the way in which um freight is delivered and everybody's queued up you know there's a process to it and and if that if that person dips out then you just go into the next person like how it's all pieced together is just like mind-boggling incredible um and I think like the bit which which I just look at and go, wow, is is it has to be the vision piece. I'm just like, that's insane. Um, incredible problem, huge problem, eight trillion dollar problem, I think, something like that. Uh, and to be able to go in and just be like, look, this is how we're gonna go and try and tackle it. Like those kind of people inspire me hugely. Well, and second question is what's one of the best business advice you've ever received? Oh, it's loads. There's loads, it really is so many i think business like true business and and if you ask me it's kind of around sales you know sales is key and it's got to be fortune and follow-up so don't ever assume and this is one of the big things which a lot i see a few founders do is build like these most amazing businesses and then it's like kind of like we build rome and they will come and like it's that no you, we live in a world of attention and if you're not putting anything out to grab anyone's attention uh, is one thing and then if you're unwilling to then follow up with that person you're going to lose like fact you have to be obsessive about following up with people it's all about touch points uh, because i'm into marketing for a decade plus right uh, it's like you know before even like you know you're in the awareness stage and not mm. having that touch points with the prospect even though if he's like in the conversation you need to make sure that you are like following yeah. up and i can't agree enough on what you said the fortune in the follow-up and I, I might you might quote you on that on twitter yeah and for sure no problem. Said, uh, and it's it's what we do in the business right the business is not generating revenue uh at the end of the day they won't be business uh so well said uh What's one skill that has helped you become successful? Probably communication. 
being able to hear people you know my my grandma always said to me she was like you got two of those and one of those and that's just stuck me with me forever and it's kind of like make sure you're always the person that's listening make sure you're always the person that's not you know the first thing and the last thing is said comes from your mouth because guess what it kind of falls onto deaf ears like that's where i think that phrase comes from and i think you know, being communication is learning, is listening, and it's also speaking. Mm-hmm. And if you become a really great listener, you can look out and you can pick things that perhaps if you were just like there going blah, 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 you'd miss. And so I think, you know, being able to like soak that up and go, I'm going to make an evaluation on that. And I'm going to now I'm going to say something of value. People more often than not listen to that because it's, it's, you've qualified it almost in your own mind. So I think, Definitely communication is at the heart of everything. I mean, that's a belief I I have anyway, but I think, you know, that works so hard on, on my communication for sure. There's one book that I read, which is like how to win with people. And one of the key yeah. aspects to doing that is listening and listening carefully and like, you know, responding in a way that person feel that I was listening and being attentive uh, to the conversation that kind of builds that rapport that is required uh, for building the long-term relationship with anyone that is you're talking to. Hundred percent. And and if you think about it, you know we live in a world where it's like that. It's it's easy to sometimes forget that actually just be like dial it down. Mm-hmm. Let's have that conversation. Okay, I hear you. I see you. Hey, let's go and talk about that thing here's my advice, or maybe there isn't a time for advice. And I think, you know, you just need to listen um, to what that person is saying. And maybe that's all I need. Like, and that's a good skill to have. Usually, like, you know, people take communication, maybe it's underrated. Uh, And uh, I would say people like usually respond because they want to, and they don't like, you know, care about what other people are saying. So I think it's one of the skills that has helped me become successful as well. Uh, so this entrepreneurial journey that you are on uh, mm. is a roller coaster, right? Right, uh, managing uh, teams, building product. Now again, building product, managing team is one part of the business, but you need to bring sales, marketing. All of the stress goes behind to running this business. Uh, requires huge motivation what motivates you the most i think you know i've always been very values driven purpose driven so if the if the (laughs) the juice is worth the squeeze i mean it's cheesy as hell right but like i genuinely believe on this one the juice is worth the squeeze if there is a genuine opportunity for people to benefit from what ben and i have built and if somehow we can put in aspects of us into that platform, because really what we're looking for is to equip people with a set of fundamental skills mm-hmm. and we can do that on scale, that kind of stuff is like, I'm going to get out of bed every day for that because I'm going to go until a fat lady sings and someone tells me I can't do it anymore. Like no way. Um, but I'm never going to give up because it's a, it's a mission that I'm worth that I think is worth just going out and keep going out. And I'm, you know, no one's going to take me out. That's for sure. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Excellent. Now, there's a final question, and it's the most, uh, it's one of my favorites. 
uh, what movie uh, or book or TV show that has changed uh, your life? So 100% books for me. A few movies, probably not any of that. You know, the, the one that comes to mind is The Compound Effect mm-hmm. and The One Thing. And I picked up those two particular books at a time when I was like leaving the military or just about to leave the military. And I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't really know what happens after this point. Everything is pretty struck, has been pretty structured mm-hmm. in the world which I've been in. And so, so the compound effect, I don't know why it just clicked with me. It was just like, look, if you do this and then you do a bit more of that and then you do a bit more of that and you do a bit more, it starts to pay this compound interest over time. Mm-hmm. You can't see anything for ages, but eventually you'll go, ah, right at the last minute when it really starts to gain momentum and, you know, you completely moved it out of inertia and, you know, we're hurtling towards things. Do you really start to go, wow we're we're there like we're on it so i think the compound effect is just i kind of took that as a mantra for my own life if i'm if i go do something like like looping i'm just going to keep compounding on it you know keep turning up keep doing what i need to do until until that moment when it just goes so that was a big one i think it's more on like you know starting small and then building on it for example planting a tree which might take years and then it will give you fruits forever right so 100%. that is if nurtured if nurtured correctly if nurtured correctly that is also important which is like weather water and a lot of other factors involved uh, uh, so thank you for sharing that uh, almost that wraps up the session but before we end this uh, i want to give you an opportunity to share on how lupin can impact uh, leaders out there and where they can like you know start their free trial and even reach out to you if required yeah 100% so so i'm completely reachable on linkedin so anthony thompson um if you head over to their co-founder and cro lupin you can also go to letslupin.com letslupin l e t s l o o p i n.com and you can start your free trial there so that's you can just auto download to slack if you need to be on teams you can you can connect with us there so that's the way to c- contact us if you're a leader and you've got a team and you're consistently feeling overwhelmed and you're kind of like, I wish there was a mechanism where I understood, but I didn't have to spend too much time understanding what's going on with my team. Mm-hmm. And imagine if there was this little coach in a pocket that this little sidekick, which just told me occasionally where I need to have an effect and when I need to have the effect. And I, and I trusted this, this coach in a pocket, this, this kind of sidekick in my pocket, then Lupin is for you. Like Lupin is the, the tool which is going to help you get those additional skills, um, identify where you need to take that action today and kind of leave you, be that, again, that additional team member to leave you alone to do the other important tasks that you're going to have to do as a manager or as a leader. And I think like it's freeing up time whereby, uh, you know, you're otherwise spending a lot of time uh, investigating, understanding. And by the time you do the investigating and understanding, you're kind of like, I have no time for the action. So we're just driving those actions directly to you based off how your team are doing. And that's really um, who it's for. Excellent. Thank you so much, Anthony, for taking the time and talking to us on Sasan book today. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. It's been great. Thank you so much. Um, until next time, this is Pratik Tucker signing off. 